It's a bit early. I'm over 300 years old. Beauty sleep isn't optional. I'm Chris Mosier. And this is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I cover every single episode of the TV show Supernatural. And Chris, they got me. They fucking got me. They fucking got me. I can't can't believe it is 2019 and there was a Supernatural episode with a twist at the end that I didn't see coming from a mile fucking away. Uh Even knowing that I have probably seen this episode in the past. I don't have your excuse. You, yeah, you, I haven't seen. You this. haven't, I haven't seen, this. seen this. I am almost positive that I have seen this in some state of sobriety or the other, and they fucking got me, man. They got. They, this is probably hmm. so obvious. They probably have so many tells throughout the episode, but but damn it, I got caught. And you know what, Jeremy? You know what? It feels good. I like it. I like it a lot, Chris. I like it a. Sometimes whole, it feels good to be got a whole lot. Do you know what also feels good? What's that? Going to Patreon.com/slash Monster of the Week and supporting the podcast. People that do you that, got that right, brother, get access to our super cool Discord, uh, where you can chat about Joker memes to your heart's content. We have a whole <laughs> channel for Joker business. Um, actually, as of the recording of this episode on Halloween, we are going to shut that channel down. So never mind. But there's a whole lot of it's other been channels. Too powerful. <laughs> there's a whole, too dangerous. A whole lot of other channels. <laughs> it's been too destructive to the community. Uh, we can, but you can also get exclusive podcasts. We're currently doing um, a podcast series called Haunted by Ghosts, where we're covering the haunting of Hill House, uh, mm-hmm. where the Netflix TV show. Um, we also have a bunch of podcasts on there for uh, Cowboy Bebop and The Witcher and various other things. At a certain tier, you can even tell us what to cover. So go check all of that out on patreon.com slash monster of the week chris what's been happening in season 10 my man let me lay it on you jeremy Ooh. last time Uh-oh. on supernatural there's this is pretty this is a pretty normal one <laughs> they've been normal recently all right anyway last time on supernatural when charlie now a full-fledged sword wielding hunter brushes up against the stein family an ancient and evil group in possession of an even more ancient and even more evil book she is forced to turn to none other than sam and dean for help Sam wants to use said book to rid Dean of the Mark of Cain, but Dean deems the potential consequences to be too high to risk. Uh, tricking everyone into thinking that the book was destroyed, Sam secretly appro- approaches Rowena for help. Meanwhile, Castiel restores his grace, but loses Metatron and the Demon Tablet. Damn. That's his Joker's trick. <laughs> You gotta stop saying that, my man. I know, we really do. It's not even our joke. It's uh, a Joker's trick, and you hate to see it, have got to be like excised from our lexicon at this point. Uh-huh. Just, we're uh-huh. just too many. Chris, it's episode 150. Damn, we did it. We, we didn't... That's it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. We're done. Uh- <laughs> In our original format, where we're recovering seven episodes of Supernatural per podcast, we'd be done by now. This, we would be up think- to date with season 15. Yeah, we'd be caught. We'd be caught up, right? What would we be doing right now if we were caught up? 
I mean, we always talked about doing that Buffy podcast, right? Like that seems like a, a pretty logical follow up or I don't know, man, like there's tons of shit that like there's tons of like TV shows that have monster of the week kind of formats. Like I'd mm-hmm. love to do fringe or warehouse 13 or like Eureka, even like some, you can get off into some crazy yeah. fucking places. So what's your, well, what's you your know, idea? Like not, not, not committing anything to anybody out there. Like we say like, Oh yeah, we, we want to do a Buffy podcast, but like, yeah. We may not do that. We may do that. Who knows? Like, we're not committing anything. Yeah. But, like, if there's a, is there a TV show that you would like to do, like, that you would like to podcast about? You know, there was a period of time where I thought it would be really fun to do Game of Thrones. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that would ever. Really... You would just have a good time with that one. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. That's not happening. That's not, there was a, there was a time where we were talking about it every week and I thought, you know, that'd yeah, be, that'd be yeah. fun. But that seems like it's, it's just too much. It's just too much of a specific thing. But, you know, I don't I don't really know. You know, I've I've seen some Buffy. I've seen some X-Files like those fit into the format mm-hmm, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but Supernatural is just it's become and I, especially the way that we cover the show has become such a unique individual thing for us that it's kind of hard to even really think I would like to maybe tackle something like you said, something I've never seen before, like uh, Warehouse 13 or uh, Eureka, like shows that I know um, are somewhat in the same wheelhouse shows that you like, but they're a little bit smaller, a little bit more contained, something a little bit more. Um, easy to manage you know it'd be interesting um and this is some shit that we should probably not be saying on a microphone in front of the large amount of people that listen to each one of these episodes but it would be interesting to have two running podcasts one of us doing a tv show that i'm very familiar with and like a whole lot that you don't have experience with and then the flip side of a, of a show that you really like a whole lot that i've not had experience with like doing um when we did the podcast episodes for the patreon on um full metal alchemist like that stuff was really interesting because you were fully aware of everything about it and like and even cowboy bebop was was very similar of like right knowing everything about it but i was the new guy like it was fun to be it's fun to be on both sides of that equation i think so i think that would be definitely yeah that's that's the future of monster of the week conversations more for podcast. the future <laughs> yeah more podcasts we'll never stop um we've got so the bug do you need everybody to, do you need to- do you need to tell us about this episode? Yes, we are covering season 10, episode 19, The Werther Project, written by Robert Behrens, directed by St- Stefan Plazinski. This aired on April 22nd, 2015. Can Dean save Sam? Sam learns that former men of letters, Magnus, a.k.a. Cuthbert Sinclair, once built a magical <laughs> box and Sam sets out to find it in the hopes it can cure Dean of the Mark of Cain. That's not right, everybody. That's a, Yeah, that's wrong. However, that's what he's not prepared for is the deadly alarm system. He should be prepared that the television show tells him what anyway what he's not prepared for is the deadly alarm system magnus sets up on the box when sam opens the box he puts both his and dean's life in danger that's marginally correct uh yeah i guess in just to to start out like what a fun and great and spooky episode Mm -hmm. that has Mm -hmm. so many of its component pieces operated on such a high standard that it's kind of ridiculous like we have this episode truly just comes out of nowhere you know i i I had high expectations going in because the twist at the end of last episode got me really excited. So I was interested to see where this was going to go. This episode both did and like didn't do that kind of. And it, it just it fucked with me so bad without me realizing it. And I really, really loved it. The um, the soundtrack in this is more of a standout than it has been in probably the mm-hmm. last 18 episodes or so. I'm pretty... I'm pretty into the supernatural soundtrack, as people know. Like, I, I, I've, I have purchased this soundtrack CD that you can buy <laughs> from Amazon. I use the music throughout this podcast. Um, I, I like went to that dude's website one time to see if we could interview him. Like, I was kind of like, I'm kind of into this shit. Um, and especially at the very beginning, like, we're gonna hear some 
when Sam's doing some lore stuff, we hear like, oh, some almost Harry Potter-esque like tingles happening. And then we just flash over to Dean murdering vampires and it's a fucking full on heavy metal soundtrack. Like it's, it stands out in a way that it just hasn't. Um, the, 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 the directing and like the, the characterization of people are really fucking solid throughout this. Like it doesn't yeah. feel like anybody in this is a throwaway, even as they bring back characters that we've seen in a way that Chris, I think like from the very first episode, we used to joke about like, Oh, the brothers having being possessed by something or being mm-hmm. under a spell and like having to confess stuff or seeing people that are dead. Like it's such a, that's such a bad trope really fucking works in this episode. Like they, they yeah. make, they nail this with a character that I don't particularly care for that much, but, is like they kind of killed it in this, <laughs> so yeah, I can't yeah. really complain. Yeah, um, and just I guess to get the ball rolling, we'll the cold open starts, Missouri, nineteen seventy three. Um, this girl doing chores goes down to the basement. She's frustrated with her family because they're just shitting on her. Um, and she just like takes a hammer to the wall, cracks open the wall, and realizes there's like a space behind it. And in that space, she finds this strange old safe, essentially, for lack of a better term. And when she opens that up, she's knocked unconscious and this strange yellow gray smoke spirit, you know, what we're used to seeing with demons. Like, like almost like a demon it. smoke. Yeah. I really like for a hot second was thinking like, is this how like was yellow eyes like detained in some eye? And like, yeah. is this how we let him out? Because you said to me like, oh, this was an unexpected cameo or something like that. So which, by the way, if you you didn't you don't have the then things on Netflix no. at this point, um, I, I do have those. And like the 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 characters that show up, the surprise characters that show up through this, like totally are like they, they the then segment spoils it completely. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, so do you remember I, yeah, who I didn't know what this coming. guy is. Yeah, I, I thought maybe we were going to see yellow eyes. But um, so, you know, the girl gets knocked out when she wakes back up. Um, she doesn't know what happened. She goes upstairs. Some time has passed. Um, and we see her father, her brother, and her mother have all committed suicide, or her mother does it in front of her, uh, as if compelled by some, like, obviously very dark force. And that is our cold open. It's a, it's a hell of a way to start off. And we should, we should probably, like, give that a content warning. Like, Supernatural is, is always kind of spooky and kind of, uh, you know gory in various different ways it's it's not afraid to murder a chick on screen in very violent ways um this episode in particular is going to deal with suicide in a really direct way except it's too afraid to actually say the word suicide at any point during it um so if that kind of stuff bothers you you may want to like skip this episode or even this episode of the podcast because we're gonna have to be talking about it quite a bit um it's 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 one of my least favorite things that supernatural does um i the way that this mechanism is going to be justified, I think is, is perfectly fine for the world that we have created for ourselves. Like this mm-hmm. is, we're going to find out this is a middle letters thing. The guy that does this is a shit bag. So of course, and it, like at some point he says it's a 98% mortality rate. And like the men of letters are like, this is wrong. You shouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. Like it's, but at the same time, like, this this is a box that makes people kill themselves in various yeah, horrible uh, fashions extremely dark and mm-hmm. you know definite definite content warning on it i do have to say i actually liked the way that this was all handled because it felt so sinister and so evil and like just so almost tragic because of the as we see things unfold throughout this um and i think it sort of informs us a little bit about our our characters uh, as we go along here but yeah it's it's definitely heavy stuff but uh, after the cold open, we come back to modern day, and it's Sam talking to Rowena, basically where we picked up with them. Although, the one, the one big sticking point I had with this episode was, I don't understand, because 
Sam and Rowena presumably met before the end of last episode, right? When yes. Sam is having his uh, his his pouty party, you know, everybody else is like cheering and they're listening to the Who. Um, Sam is like really like brooding and dark, and because he's remembering what he did, he's remembering that he didn't burn the book. And I thought that we were led to believe that already he had gone and met with Rowena. I could be wrong with that. It could be just a, a weird presentation. Oh, I didn't, this makes I didn't, it seem like get, it happened. I didn't do that at all. Yeah. Okay. I, so that's I feel like me. that's just me. At the end of that, like everybody is celebrating, like, "Hey, we got rid of the bad book, and we're all together as a family." And Sam is the guy that's like lying to everybody in the room just by not telling them the truth. So, right, right. And then and, he went to go meet with her. And then he, yeah. And, and then he has the, okay. like this, like, oh, I've got, I've got to go deal with this. That um, makes more sense. So yeah, he, he meets up with her now. They're, they're basically discussing terms and I'm, um, Sam, Sam's going to ask, ask questions. He's just like, can you do it? Let's do this. Um, she says, okay, yeah, I want you to kill Crowley. And he's like, yep, done. Perfect. I'll kill Crowley. I don't give a shit. That's our deal. Okay. You, you do the thing. I kill Crowley. That's fine. I love that she volunteers. She's like, you know, I'm sure you're curious about why a mother when he's like, nope, 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 nope. Just I'll don't, kill him. Let's do not give Just, a shit. I don't even, don't even bother. Don't, I don't, don't care. care about Crowley. Don't care. don't care about you. I'll do it Let's, for free, frankly, but I don't want to say that. I don't want to sound too eager, but, um, yeah. so, and she's like really relishing this whole situation. She's like, Ooh, la la. All right. All right. And um, honestly, like we talked about this a little bit in the last episode, like this is some of the first times that I think I've really enjoyed for Wiener. Like it's yeah, her being her, completely se- separated from Crowley and, yep being uh, under her own agency so to speak even though like when we first saw her she was she was very much that she was doing her own thing before she found Crowley. Yeah, i liked her in i think that first episode where she's just with some other you know potential witches and kind of running her own situation there yeah where she started when she's creating a harem for herself like she's a fucking jrpg video game right she um you know all the stuff with crowley we we definitely didn't like but even through that at least she's been established now so she's established. We might not have liked the way that they used her, but she's got the history as we come into this situation. Um, and yeah, she's she's absolutely relishing the situation with Sam now. Um, he gets a text during this. Sam gets a text from Dean during this who says he's hitting a vampire nest in Tulsa right now. Um, but yes, so Rowena reveals that Nadia, I believe the name was, who was did the not, name of did the not pay attention to that person who created this book, this ancient evil book. Um, she also created a codex to translate it. So it's now Sam's job to find this codex. Well, wait, so wait, that just, to, just to save us some emails, like she didn't create the book, right? Like she created the codex to be able to read it because the, 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 the crazy nun. Oh, is other oh, different people. I thought yeah. they were the same person. Okay. Um, that's fine then. Yeah. This I, I could, I could be totally wrong with that. Like listeners. D- d- God us. knows they'll correct us. <laughs> um, so either way, there's a codex that will be able to translate this, this book. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's her name? Uh, Rowena says that what's her name? Jesus Chris. Um, uh, Rowena says that, uh, Nadia was killed by the men of letters. So yeah, that makes sense that it would be a separate person was killed by the men of letters so there must be something in their grand old library about this so sam should start there i love the um, i love the delivery on this because like sam is like well where can i find the codex like where do i find this where do i where do i find this and he, she goes well who do you think killed the witches like it's at home you idiot <laughs> like go go <laughs> home and look for this stuff which is a really nice like a nice touch i think like they do a couple of I don't know really why, nice touches man, in this just, episode yeah it like pulls everything in like in a yeah. really really great way i wish every episode was like this um it just it it makes the men of letters stuff feel important even though it's not necessarily the focus of it it's just it does like small scale world building that feels really good. Um, so 
we we cut to Dean and he's he's killing some vampires. Hell yeah! Just by himself, like heavy just metal going, soundtrack. Heavy metal soundtrack. Like this is classic Dean shit. Even though it's classic Dean shit with him just going rogue, killing some vampires. But obviously, as he says himself in a few minutes when Sam shows up, Sam's like, what are you doing? He's like, dude, like, I got the mark of Cain. I'm blowing off steam. Like, I got to deal with this somehow. So, yeah, I just went and killed some vampires. And Sam wants to, you know, gets all on his high horse and wants to talk about it. But Dean's like, dude, bro, chill. All right. I just want to fucking drink some brews. Are you coming with me or not? Like, I, I just did that. Yeah, maybe that was a little ridiculous, but I'll, I did it. It's fine. Let's go drink. I love the fact that, that Dean went into this vampire nest killed all the vampires and then looted the refrigerator of beer and like he yeah. literally opens the refrigerator and is like there it is ha, 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 found my beer <laughs> and then um, like buzzkill sam comes up and is like but dean you didn't wait for me you didn't follow the proper safety procedures and dean's like dude i am fucking crazy dean's with like, rage right now dean's like, Do you understand this listen to me you fucking virgin all right <laughs> <laughs> we're not fucking doing this sam <laughs> sam's like whoa what <laughs> Sam, <laughs> that's Sam? it. Anyone- I, I fucking killed Kane. Do you know who Kane is, Sam? Do you know who fucking Kane is? He's, He's not a fucking virgin. I'll tell you that, Sammy. <laughs> you goddamn cherry ass virgin. The fuck is wrong with you, Sam? Dude, why are you calling me that? I'm 35. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. We all know you got um, rehominated when you got your soul back, that's Sammy. Right. That's right. Um, so <laughs> they head back to the bunker that night when when Dean is asleep. Um, he falls asleep watching Speed Two. Um, I think that's what he says. I don't remember. Did, yeah, right, right it, down. Totally, totally, totally. Yeah. Sam decides to go do his Harry Potter research center. This is like major Hermione in the forbidden section of the library. I love right it. Now. This is so good. <laughs> it's so good. This the is so good. Playing. And then he finds some old tapes related to what he's looking into and he listens to them and we get a flashback. I just, in the, my notes here, I just kept saying the magician dude, the magician dude, who is Magnus. Cuthbert. Um, um, and if people don't remember Cuthbert, uh, when they were originally looking for the blade, he was the X Men Letters guy that was like had an invisible castle. I can't believe I just said that with my mouth. He had an invisible castle where he like kept magical artifacts and was going to like pin Dean up essentially. Like yes. he was going to kill De- Sam and just keep Dean since he had the mark of Cain and he likes to keep all of these things around. So and what we what we hear is how he put the codex in this in this flashback. We he put the codex. In this, what is it? The Werther box? Is Werther that what it's box. called? Yes. I did write it down later in my notes, but I didn't catch it here. You can just look so at he, the name of the episode. That's all you got to do. Oh, true. True. <laughs> um, so he put the codex in this Werther box, which, as the men of letters are saying, it's like, dude, this is this is messed up. Like, one of our guys is dead because Two. of this. Two of our guys are Two dead. Two of our of guys are dead because they tried to, like, open this motherfucker. And, and Cuthbert is like, oh, no. Like, you should just shouldn't have done that. You guys suck. Like, yeah, he's damn, very dude. much of like, a, like, well, if you, you know, if you read the instructions, that wouldn't happen to you. Like, it's not my fault that you guys, like, you know, went and tried to do this without thinking. Or, you know, he he's the type who's, like, willing to, he's willing to do the dark magic. He's willing to do the bad stuff to, you know, he's like a mad scientist almost, right? Like Almost that kind like of a, like, would you say a Sam Winchester? He's almost like a Sam Winchester, but with like with creating things rather than doing things. Um, so what were we talking about when I was texting you? I was trying to like separate the boys and like what like Dean will sacrifice anything for his brother and Sam will do anything for his brother, if that makes sense. Like Sam will go and do a bad thing where Dean will go and like throw anything away in order to save Sam. Sam will do anything to save Dean. Like if that, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. 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 Dean will, Dean will sacrifice anybody, including himself, whereas Sam will sacrifice like his, his, his almost like his, his humanity in order to save right. Dean. Um, and it, it was more articulate when I was texting you, but I think there is an interest, interesting kind of like, you know, back and forth with those two. Anyway. Um, so 
Sam, um, yeah, he listens to all of this. He finds out that they, they hid the box somewhere and um, the codex is inside there. So Sam needs to now find it and then find a way to get it. Open. Yeah. And like they are basically kicking like we, we in this flashback there, they kick this dude out of the men of letters because of this. Right. And, and he absolutely refuses to tell them a, how to turn it off or really anything about it. So they kick him out and escort him out of the bunker and like a scared ass men of letters dude is like should we keep trying to open it and the guy's like no 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 we're gonna bury it where it stands and we'll just you know guard it for the rest of eternity but of course the rest of eternity is only for a few more years because uh what's her name um abagon is gonna abadon is gonna i said abagon <laughs> like a fucking tekken <laughs> character abadon is gonna i'm gonna abagon you later anyway abadon is gonna come out and like kill all of these people so of course they lose this. They basically just lose this for years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's un- sorry. Metal letters. Y'all, y'all tripped. Um, all right. So Sam, you know, he continues doing his research. He calls Rowena um, and finds out the, uh, he needs a spell to be able to break through whatever is, is protecting this box. Um, now that he's located it, Rowena is like, okay, let me come with you. Let me come do the spell with you. Sam's like, yeah, absolutely not. As soon as he gets the spell, She's like, you know, it would probably take like a practiced hand of like, you know, an actual, you know, witch. And he's like, lady, you have no idea how much fucking magic me and my brother have done. <laughs> like, honestly, I know you've been around for 300 years, but this is season 10, baby. Like, we in this. Also, can we just talk about like he calls her and she's obviously in like this huge, luxurious, like bigger than king size bed all by herself. And like, I just get a flashback to the first time we meet Rowena, where she obviously has like this attraction to very nice hotel rooms where she murders the people that give them to her and, and pins them to the roof. So I'm just... I'm guessing that she murdered like five or ten people to get this bed. Yeah. I just wanted to mention that out loud. And also, say the that. bed not, might not be that big. She's just really small. She, she is a very tiny person. That's true. Uh, so that could be it. But um, all right. So, yeah, Sam just heads out, you know, unbeknownst to Dean. He heads out. Um, he goes to the house that we saw in the, fold, the cold open. Obviously, it's been like 30 years. So, it's you know, 40 years. It's falling apart now. He starts to like just break in the front door, and then somebody just like sticks a gun through the um, the mail slot and tells him to fuck off, or she's gonna blow his balls off. It's um hilarious to me because she says like I'm gonna blow your bits off, and I don't know mm-hmm. why that's extremely funny to me. Like the fact that Sam Winchester is carrying around a couple of bits in his pocket is just really funny. I don't I don't know why it made me laugh, Chris. I'm Sometimes sorry. it just gets you. Sometimes, Sometimes it just that gets gamer me. humor. Um, Sam, um, Sam goes right back to the car and is startled, startled, I say, when Dean Winchester just, uh, just jumps into the vehicle with him and remarkably even more startled when Dean Winchester apologizes to him and says like, Hey, you're right. I shouldn't have gone out there solo. You know, you don't have to come out on this mission alone just to teach me a lesson. Like I looked up, you know, I, I, I followed you with the old etching trick. Cause Sam like wrote down the address on a notepad, which Sam, you have a phone. What are you doing? Whatever. Yeah. Um, but like, that's how I got here. Like, you don't, you don't have to do this. And then Dean, (laughs) I love this, this, this whole situation, because obviously Sam is like put on his back foot because he's doing this. He's actively circumventing what Dean's wishes by trying to figure out a way to break the curse of the Mark of Cain. He's got this book hidden away that Dean doesn't know about. Uh, he's, he's, and he's like, you could tell he's just searching for a lie when Dean just gives him one and Dean's like, Oh yeah, I'm assuming that you're here because this is the suicide house and starts listing out like a very plausible case for the boys to be investigating that Sam, for some reason has decided not to Google whatsoever before driving out here. (laughs) 
It's just, it fucking kills me. This dude Dana's has a permanent so tab open chill. that says Mark of Cain, <laughs> and he did not fucking Google the he's suicide house. He's had the Wikipedia house. article open for six months as if he's going back to it, as it's, if there'll be something new he missed. It's but insane. Yeah, Dana's being so chill and laid back about this whole thing. It's just like, damn it, Sammy. And it's nice because Sam has the opportunity to say, actually, because Dean's, Dean's thing is like, this seems like a really cold case. Like, why were we out here? And Sam says, well, I found some research. And he basically tells most of the truth, which is, you know, there's, a, there's yeah. this box and it kills people. That's what's causing these people to have a suicide. And it's our responsibility because the men of letters created this box. And he mentions Cuthbert. And we are now the last two men of letters. So we have to be the ones to take care of it. Which, honestly... Number one, makes a whole lot of sense. And number two, sets yep. up some really fun plot. Like we, we talked about Warehouse 13 a little bit ago, but like that's a Warehouse 13 plot line, which is apparently stolen from a a, a gaming system called Warehouse 23, but whatever, we're not going to get into Interesting. that. Um, but yeah, yeah like, I like the way really that even cool, though Sam's yeah. full of shit, it actually like all ties together and like, kind of fits anyway. And again, Dean just could not be more understanding and chill on this whole episode. He's so cool. <laughs> He's so cool. This is my favorite Dean. He's so chill. He's just he's just like, okay, sure, whatever you want to do, my man. Let, let's get after it. Like, yeah, that, that makes sense. Let's get this gamer bread, Sam. Let's get this men of letters bread. Let's, let's do it, man. Let's duft off, dust off these gamer sticks and get that gamer bread. I want to get, get it. I want to get it. So Dean goes up to the door this time. He knocks. The lady pulls the gun on him. But this time he's like, whoa, 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 like acting all nervous. And, you know, uh, he puts on the charm, but it's a different kind of charm than, than we usually see with Dean. He's like, hey, hey, uh, you know, I'm from the neighborhood watch. I'm looking for a fella. Um, you know, he's really tall and she's like, he has, you know, beautiful hair. And he was like, yeah, that's probably him. Um, he's yeah, the, you know, this guy's been trying to break into houses. Like, have you seen him? He, he's able to talk his way into the, the house, which that part I feel is a little bit ridiculous because she's so paranoid and that he just like sneaks in and like, okay, I'm coming with you. Um, he gets inside to talk to this woman. Meanwhile, Sam is breaking in through the back, which is yes. Sam, the name of Sam's sex tape. And it's pretty obvious, I think, right at first that this woman who is super paranoid is the teenager from the, the cold open. Like, she lives here. Um, we're going to find out pretty quickly that when her parents died, her aunt came to live with her. And then her aunt died because she went downstairs into the basement. And nobody mm-hmm. should go into the basement. I, oh. I, I don't This entire scene of Dean pretending to be Neighborhood Watch with this very paranoid woman who is living kind of like a almost like a hoarder or a hermit in this, in this house mm-hmm. interspliced with Sam, like sneaking in and like the tension that it creates. Yep. It's, it's very, it's, it's, it's standard for supernatural, right? Like this is a kind of a standard scene that we see. This is like the old double brother bluff, except where mm-hmm. they're not killing somebody. They're sneaking around. We should probably come up with another phrase for that. We probably didn't just forgot it, but it, this is so fucking full of tension and stressful. It's like, so I was, good, I was when, like when the, pounding you know, my we keyboard. See, <laughs> we see t- Sam like sneaking in. He's in the back door in the kitchen. And then we hear the tea kettle go off and she's like, Oh, I better go get that. And it's like, just these little moments and then, you know, Sam and Dean make an eye contact like, through a hallway and, you know, doing just, it's so good. It just, there's, like you said, so much great tension, even as, you know, the conversation starts to break apart between Dean and, and the woman, because she, you know, she starts to be like, wait, what the fuck is going on? And then sure enough, Sam makes a noise in the basement. Um, and so she's like, oh shit, like y'all, y'all in this. Exactly. And she she puts this together pretty quickly. Dean at this point tries to like be like, okay, look, that's my brother. We're here to help you. And of course, at this point, you can't you can't possibly do this. Right, it's too late for that. 
Sam is doing some fucking wizardry magic down there. He's throwing some powders into a bowl. He's lighting it on fire. But Susie, who is this woman's name, uh, eventually says, like, you call your brother up here. You get him away now. And Dean starts calling for him. And as he does that, the fire in this bowl goes out. And Sam is like, oh, that must have worked. Because <laughs> there's no blinding <laughs> flash of light that usually signifies the magic work. So I'm going to try to open this anyway. And of course, when he opens it, the he gets knocked out for a little while. And the green and gray smoke comes out. And it goes directly yep. into both Susie and Dean. We see it go into both of them. We see this is, is almost an exact you know replica of what happened in the cold open. Um, so yeah, this is, this is where, obviously, should we just like be spoiling it? Because this is where things start happening that, uh, you know, the viewer's attention is, is turned away, right? Um, because it is, let's play it straight. Like it's a, let's, let's play it straight. Okay. For, for let's now. play it straight. Mm-hmm. Let's play it straight. Um, so, uh, right. So Dean, Sam, oh, right. Sa- Sam runs up, up and finds the two of them. Um, Susie immediately starts seeing her dead family. Mm-hmm. Um, she goes into the kitchen and sees her mom. Um, she goes, she runs away from that and sees her, she goes into the office where she sees her dad and then her dead brother. Uh, she tries shooting at them and that's not working. Dean seems like weirdly frozen in place for some reason. Uh, Sam is, is trying to get at Susie and, and trying to like break the door of the office down when Dean starts having these flashes of what I immediately recognized to be as purgatory uh, way back from season seven. Um, and Susie's family all of these, what I thought were going to be ghosts, right? Like that's kind of where I was thinking that the, mm-hmm. like, oh, this is causing her to see stuff, but maybe it's like actually bringing like memories as ghosts back or whatever. Um, they, her, all three of her ghosts, all three of her, the, these memories of her family actively start encouraging her to kill herself and saying yeah. like, it's the and, only way out. It's the only way that you can atone for killing us. It was all your fault that we died. You're the, the wrong person in all of this. You need to kill yourself. Uh, and it's it's super heavy, and now we realize, okay, this is obviously what the family experienced, and this is what Dean is about to be experiencing. Um, so Sam has come upstairs at this point, um, and I don't know if he sees Dean already, but I know that he's trying to get into the room that Susie has locked herself in. He's not able to do it because he hears he hears a gunshot, and it, it it's too late. Um, when he finally gets in, yeah, he, he finds her there, um, and then her ghost immediately starts yelling at sam um and about how like yeah basically this is your fault and then she calls herself the first casualty of your misguided mission which is like you know those are red flags you know this is sam has started on this path of trying to do this thing and look what has already happened an innocent person has already died um and let's and then let's can i can we camp out on that for a minute yeah yeah because um i we we talked at length about the the stuff that Sam is willing to go through to go through the the links that he's willing to go to to save Dean. Um he's already gone behind Dean's back. He has literally ruined Bobby's eternity. Um shout outs to the person in our Twitter mentions. I'm sorry I forget your name who said that I said it Bobby Winchester <laughs> last episode when I referred it's to fine. that. It's fine. <laughs> um but he he's ruined Bobby Winchester's eternity. Um, breaking Metatron out to the point where Castiel almost is killed, but luckily gets his grace back. But they have now Metatron is out and about with a demon tablet. Um, now he's he's doing this, and some some this poor woman who has already been is such a tragic story by itself of her losing her literally her entire family to this box is now a victim of this box as well, specifically because Sam Winchester came knocking, and mm-hmm. I I I just I can't get over that like. 
we, we talk a lot about kind of the, the outside perspective of the show of like the writers needing Sam Winchester to do these things so that Dean doesn't have to, but like ignoring all of that for a minute and just like Sam's single mindedness of saving Dean is causing so much wreckage behind him. Like I just, I, I can't like the, it's, it's just the, it's a, he's a walking disaster at this point. Mm-hmm. And like, I hate and to say is, that about Sam because this is some of no. my favorite Sam shit ever. Right. Like, this it's, harkens it, yeah, back to good. season it's, four Sam. Like I'm loving yeah. this shit. It's compelling. Yeah. And, and it plays into, you know, part of his character. And that's the thing is if this was you, you, when you nailed it, when they said Sam does it so that Dean doesn't have to, the writers make Sam do it. So, so Dean doesn't have to, because this is very much, although they've done it with Dean before where he's killed Joe and he's got all this baggage and stuff. Um, they, this is this is a, a a series with two heroes. I mean, that's are debatable. It should be three or whatever. Um, but it's usually it's just Dean. But um, this is a a show with two heroes. But if if it there were just literally just one, this is the type of thing that we would see normally, right? Like how many hero, hero stories, how many superhero stories are there where the the hero has to deal with everything that they've done? How many you know Batman stories where it causes more harm than good? You know that kind of thing. Um, so this is this is standard stuff like, yeah, you save the world, but at what cost? Or, yeah, you are able to save you know, the person who means the most to you. But what did it cost you? And those are compelling stories. And, you know, I, that's the kind of stuff I think you see a lot in, in this kind of fiction. Um, so it is interesting that, you know, they, they pin that on Sam for the most part. Yeah. And it's just it's and, and like Dean is not innocent in any of this stuff. Right. Like he's he's definitely he has a lot of blood on his hands. I mean, both like via demon possession or not demon possession, but be turned into a demon or not. Like he's, he's, he's done a lot of wrong to get to Sam and to protect Sam. And I'm not, I don't want to take that away from Dean at all because it is, but like specifically this plot line, like really fucks with me for some reason, because it just feels like Sam is like just, and he said it in the last episode, he told either Charlie or Dean or both of them. I can't remember which uh, specifically, like we have to do this and we'll deal with the consequences later. Yeah. And it's just that mindset of like, dog, you have been doing this your entire life. Mm-hmm. The it's last like, 10 years specifically, you've seen mm-hmm. the damage that that can cause like w- slow the fuck down. I kind of wish that this was only the second time that it was happening, right? Like the demon blood thing in season four. And then I wish that they hadn't just like, because they'll play at it. They'll play it at a little bit. They'll do like, you know, small versions of it. They kind of, you know, they fizzle out. They don't go anywhere um, where it doesn't become the big, big arc. But this feels like it's really leading to the big arc, right? Um, so, but I wish that it they had done it in season four and then kind of not touched it too much until now. Because this time I feel like they're doing it right. You go, Sammy, Sammy, what the fuck are you doing, dude? This, this is this is wrong. This is bad. But it's good. It's compelling. So we're interested as viewers. We go, okay. I believe Sam would do this. I can kind of see the rationale now, especially the last couple episodes, what is leading him to do it and comparing that back to season four, comparing that back to even season one, where, you know, he was willing to maybe go a little bit overboard once he thought that yellow eyes was in their grasp. Right. So Mm -hmm. I wish that they kind of hadn't half heartedly touched on this before, because now they're diving back into it. I'm on board. You know, I was always fine with Sam going dark side. That's what has made him a compelling character to me. Um, it's I, I like that arc in heroes. I like when the heroes go dark and I like when they're able to still come back out at the end. But sometimes they aren't. Sometimes the hero becomes the villain. And I just find that that to be compelling in the kind of fiction I'm into. Right. Um, so I, I like what they're doing here with Sam. But yeah, he should know better. And, it, and I think he kind of does know better because to bring it back to this scene, finally, where she says, I'm, you know, I'm the first casualty. And she, you think that Dean is the wild card. He's the loose cannon, but you're the reckless one. And how many more will it take? before 
you are done before you've done too much, right? How many more people are going to die for you to accomplish this goal? And so she just starts telling Sam that he should kill himself. And that's Um, when surprise Rowena shows up. And this is, this is the first surprise of the episode. I didn't see it coming. I was like, Oh, holy shit. Rowena's here. Yeah. She's wearing like a blue wizard cloak. Like she has like this, like almost like velvet, like dress on with a blue. Absolutely. Absolutely amazing. Love it. She, it should look so silly, but I'm like, yeah. She fucking pulls yeah. it off. There, there are people <laughs> in this world, and like, and 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 Rowena and the actress that plays Rowena, um, is are one of them that can pull like just like any, literally any outfit off and make it look effortless and amazing and just fantastic. And I feel like Rowena is definitely one of those people. She pulls that thing off, like she she banishes the spirit or memory or whatever you want to call it. And then, like, pulls it off with the flourish and, like, throws it down. It was like, all right, let's go to work or whatever. Like, I can't remember quite what she says, but it's basically like, all right, let's party. And I'm like, I like, if you gave me a cloak and a million dollars, I couldn't replicate, like, the ease that she did (laughs) that with. Like, it's fucking amazing. Um, But yeah, Rowena just just shows up and he's like, how did you find me? And she's like, well, magic, you dumbass. Like, I'm I'm a fucking witch. I've been around for 300 years. (laughs) Yeah, I can figure this shit out, bro. She remembers, uh, or excuse me, Sam during this remembers like oh wait you can't dean's here you can't dean can't see you or he'll know about this whole thing so they rush down to see dean and dean is totally out of it dean is in purgatory basically walking around in a circle um they they quickly realize like they can't wake him up uh rowena says that the the spell is has got him so far that like they they're not going to be able to do anything besides tie him up and she seems weirdly excited to tie him up (laughs) i mean like same but also weirdly excited to tie him up yeah i mean wouldn't you be um so we see dean yeah in purgatory and and pretty quickly he runs into none other than benny um who yeah, I, I don't remember 100% where we landed. I think that we didn't really like the Benny plotline or, or the way that they used him, but I think we both agree that the actor portrays this character really, really well. Um, so seeing him again in this was like, it, it was a great unexpected cameo. And this is obviously what I realized. Oh, this was the cameo Jeremy was referring to. Didn't see this coming. Um, and I was excited about it. And I think that these things um, are kind of what distract you, right? You are just, you, you know that, Dean is hallucinating that this isn't real, but he's seeing Benny and you're like, oh, there's that actor again. Like, I'm stoked to see this guy. And my focus has now drifted to this. My focus has now been taken away from anything else that might be going on over here. You know, the wool is fully over your eyes at this point as a viewer, at least for, for both of us, I think. Um, but yeah, it was it was great seeing Benny and, and, and it was great to be distracted by it. Yeah, and we've complained in the past, I think, with Supernatural bringing back old characters for basically no reason. I don't ever really complain about seeing Bobby um, because he's, right. he's such a good Jim Beaver, is such a good actor. He, the, the role of Bobby is so great and so meaningful to the characters. And they usually don't do anything to disrespect that. Um, like the last episode or, or the episode before last, whatever it was when they, they go to heaven to meet Bobby. Like that felt, even though it was Sam messing something up, it felt really, really like it felt like they handled that character. Well, um, this feels the same way. And, I forgot to mention at the time, but when we see that flashback to Cuthbert and getting kicked out of the men of letters, like that's a way to bring a crazy, interesting character back without like resurrecting him or some dumb shit. And mm-hmm. then having him exist in the current timeline of just being like, no, there's history to all of these things that we're doing. This is a real place. This is a real world that we're building. And this character existed back then. And that's, that's, there's interesting things that happened to them and we can tell those yeah. stories. Um, they nailed an aspect of the history of the men of letters 
they they just they nailed making them feel real in a way that they haven't done in quite a while. Um, they've definitely established the, the men of letters. They've had some great episodes about them, but this is the first time in a long time where I felt like this was a real thing and it failed um, for a number of reasons. Obviously, Abaddon, um, but because of stuff like this, and these are now the, these threads that are lost because the people who understood them are gone. And the archives are there, but it's only when Sam and Dean stumble upon them that they're going to know what to do with them, right? Um, so, yeah, all of this was just, it's just working super well for me. And bringing back Benny at this point, and it's, they don't spend a lot of time doing the who are you, where are you from kind of thing. Like, Dean pretty quickly realizes, like, you're a figment of my imagination. Yeah, like, I. Is. I am, I, I, you know, I, he gets attacked by Leviathan. Also a fun callback to see like a Leviathan mouth CGI yeah. thing. I don't know yeah. why that really got me, but I was literally like earlier the day before that I watched this episode, I was having a conversation about Leviathans in the duck feed slack. and was like, Oh, Hey, look there they are. Yeah, um, funny. fun to see that. And then very quickly, like, Hey, you're my imagination. Um, I'm just going to walk away and try to figure out how to get it out of this place. And then it starts walking in circles. They come back to the same like particular tree over and over again and to the point where benny is like hey you're like i'm if i am a figment of your imagination like why would i lead you wrong like obviously there's something going on what's up we have to, we have to talk yeah. about this he starts telling like dean like this is this is where you want to be isn't it like purgatory where you were free there was nobody holding you back you were just it was it was just the hunt um and i know i think we could probably see some of that especially under the influence of the mark but i don't I mean i don't really believe that this is where dean wants to be um but yeah so while that's going on we we have Sam and Rowena go down to the box in the basement and Rowena is, you know, she's impressed by it because it's got some pretty serious warding spells. Um, she calls it deliciously Baroque and is, is mm-hmm. super impressed by the, that, by Cuthbert's like spell ability. Yeah. Um, and so we get out of this as she translates something that says, um, or to Sam, one of them. Yeah, I think I actually think Sam translates it and then she's very impressed that he translated it very easily. Um, she says, uh, she cast a spell to be able to see what it is like the the, the light from the whatever it is has, has faded from the letters. So she cast a spell to light it up so that he can then translate it. That's right. That's right. Um, so it says to silence the box, slake its thirst with the blood of our own. Um, Sam is or with the help of Rowena is quickly able to figure out that this means it needs the blood of a legacy, blood of the men of letters. Um, so we cut back to Dean. Um, he's he's tired of fighting. He tells Benny, but um, you know he he himself is tired of fighting. But the Mark is not tired of fighting, and the Mark keeps kind of pulling him forward. Um, and then this is where Benny now starts suggesting to Dean that suicide is the only way out. The only way to end this this constant struggle is to end his own life. Which is that's dark. It's serious shit. Um, but Dean says it's not going to happen. Um, I also, before we get too far ahead of it, like when Benny is Benny's leading up to this by talking about the way that Dean felt in purgatory. And it's, it's one of the more famous quotes from supernatural where Dean talks about how pure he felt in purgatory and, Mm -hmm. and Benny as this figment of Dean's whatever, like drills into that. He's like, yeah, you, you felt pure because this was your, the first and only time in your life that you could kill without consequence. And that's, that's that purity. And that's, you know, I know, and Dean says, like, I'm just tired of fighting. I don't want to fight anymore. Like, I can, I don't want to do this. And he's like, yeah, you're tired of fighting, but the mark isn't. And mm-hmm. there's only one way out of that. Like, either you're going to kill everybody you know, or, and it's a dot, dot, dot. And this is what kind of frustrates me about Supernatural sometimes, is they're willing to show characters committing suicide on screen. They're 
willing to like deal with the aftermath of suicide of these characters of these kind of minor characters, but they're not actually like willing to say the fucking word. And like, yeah, it's weird that they don't say it. I wonder if there is some weird thing with the CW where it's like, well, you know, there's certain things and you can't really discuss this. I don't, I, who knows? It's weird that they don't say it. It could be. Yeah. They're definitely, excuse me. There could be like a, like a guy that's whose job it is to like, make sure that they don't say the word fuck or suicide. Right. Like that's his, that's the the two, the two roles. You can depict certain things, but it's like maybe because the way that they depict it either is off screen or it's clearly like inspired by supernatural force. It's like not a direct, you know, there's probably some weird stipulations where like they're able to do certain things and, and not do other things. But either way, he's, Benny starts telling Dean, like, you know, there would be an honor in this, right? Um, and he starts talking about how Dean has had this plan to have Sam and Cass put him down if the time comes where, where Dean needs to be put down, essentially, if, you know, if the Mark takes control. But he's like, dude, like, what would that do to Sam and Cass? That would mess them up forever. Like, why don't this? This has been your backup plan, isn't it? This has been gnawing at you for a long time, hasn't it? You know, why don't you um, why don't why don't you just do this yourself? Um, and while this is happening, IRL Dean actually breaks out of the ropes that he's been tied down with and, you know, he stands up out of the chair. So now he's in a position where he could actually hurt himself. Um, but he's still in that dream. He, he's still in the hallucination purgatory. Absolutely. And he, he walks over to a, a, just like a table or whatever, like a chest and picks up a empty liquor bottle and breaks it. And it's obvious, like, oh, look, he's about to slash his throat, just like the bomb did with the knife earlier. Uh, and this is not the way that I saw the bottle killing Dean, right? Like, this is a whole different metaphor that I have of the, oh, of the bottle. Oh, 100%. 100% yeah. <laughs> but, um, and he's standing there, and, like, you can tell, like, he's struggling, but it's still happening. Meanwhile, we go back over to um, Sam and Rowena. They have translated this. They need, the, the, the thing needs men of letters blood. Did we mention that already? Or did we just skip yeah, back to Dean? Yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. talked about that Sorry. part. Um, it needs legacy blood. So Sam, obviously the person who's like, all right, I'll do the thing. He just, he cuts his, he cuts his arm as we've seen them cut their arms a million times. This is a little bit more extreme because we actually, we usually see them cut their palms and we've made fun of that a million times, but this time he does cut his wrist, which is, you know, there's your, there's your content warning. And he cuts his wrist and he starts bleeding into like, you know, the little spell bowl they're, they're using. And then I was distracted by this part because I was like, this is like full, like nutting blood situation here because Rowena kind of like wraps her arms around him in this, you know, intimate kind of way. And is like rubbing her arms down or her hands down his arm, like pumping the blood out for him. And that definitely like, that took me back. I was like, whoa, this is like there's a lot going on here. There, there is some sort of intimate something or other going on, you know? Um, like to describe that in more detail, like she is behind him and like reaching around and like, like just like stroking his arm to get more blood out of it and like encouraging him. And at the same time saying like, it's not going to be enough, Sam, it's not going to be enough. What are you going to do? It's not going to be enough. And it's very sexual. <laughs> like it's extremely yeah. sexual. It really is. There's no other way to put it. Like and it's, it's clearly supposed to be, especially this, because of all of the old blood, the demon blood stuff, right? Like this yeah, feels, this, this, this feels this conjures like a, up those images, yeah. right? Um, and I, man, I like, I just, I had that moment of like, Jesus Christ, like what the fuck are you, Sam? What the fuck? Like, again, yeah. like we, 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 we talked about this way back in season four. It's Steven blood, Sam. You had to know it was wrong. Like you were cutting your wrist and pouring it as a 300 year old, witch. like basically jerks you off about it. Like you mm-hmm. have to know this is wrong. And I know that he does and he's doing it for Dean and all this other stuff. But like, right. still, like I'm looking at this going like, Jesus. But I honestly, Christ, I love the visual callback to as much as this is kind of stark and, and, and dark. And it is 
you know, it, it looks like suicide. Um, I love the callback to that season four stuff. I mean, I think that everybody is, you know, people seem to be more attracted to Dean sexually as far as viewership of the show goes. I mean, ask your wife, Jeremy. Um, ah! <laughs> uh, everybody that was about to, you know. Sam, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> my bad. Don't ask your wife. Um, uh, this is, um, you know, I-, I think honestly the most sexual thing that the Supernatural has done, the most sexual scene is the scene between Sam and Ruby. Because it's so yeah. intense and because there's literally blood drinking in it. Like, there is the the scene between Dean and um, uh, the Anna. Angel. That's like, yeah. obviously, ooh, it's steaming there in the back car. Like, that's, you know, that's titillating and all that stuff. There's the nipple play in season one. But that scene with the blood, like, they really kind of go for it in that. And they, like, let, let it be a thing. Obviously, I think probably the chemistry between the actors. But this is very evocative of that. Like, that brought me back to there, which is the, I mean, they're signaling this all over the place. But I love that they're signaling the Sam, this is wrong by kind of echoing it, that that feeling again. Hundred percent. Yeah. I'm, I just I'm, think they're just they're just doing it really well. Yeah. All of this is, is is super good. And meanwhile, we're flashing back between this, between Rowena encouraging him to put more and more blood into the spell box or or whatever. We're going back to Purgatory and Dean standing there with this broken bottle in his hand and like having this conversation with Benny and saying, like, you know, I did I did love it here, but I I, I'm not going to kill myself. Like the literally the mark of Cain will not let me kill myself. Yeah. And also like, I know that you're not real because the real Benny would not let me do so. And, the, and like, yeah. and I love this, like Benny's response to that is really good. It's so good because Benny like is like, yeah, dude, we've already talked about this. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm definitely that, not the real. I Benny. ain't real. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't real, man. And I love this. Like the actor fucking nails this delivery. It's, it's, it's so good, especially after the kind of bad Louisiana accent that we had from the Stein guy last episode, mm-hmm. like having Benny back is like a, a little bit of relief for me just to like, okay, this guy sounds reasonably. There's a moment in, um, in this conversation where uh, Benny gives a reasonable, like, come on, man, like, really? Come on. Like, and I do, I find myself saying that a lot. Someone is like, man, you will not believe what happened to me. And I'm like, come on, but like, and, but, and Benny just nails that, like, very, very yeah. small thing from Louisiana culture. So, anyway, he I'll does very, he does it. very little, but I mean, obviously, I'm not even picking up on the Louisiana um, specifics of it, but he, he just, I can, I, you can just tell when somebody nails it, right? Like, you yeah. know, when something feels authentic. Um, Sometimes you don't know when it's not, but but you know you do know when it is, um, and and this is, um. So yeah, uh, Dean obviously says, you know, bro, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I can't fucking kill myself even if I want to because the goddamn Mark won't let me. And then he drives the the weapon through Benny, and uh, he he breaks out of his illusion. And I'll be honest, I um Dean killed Benny, right? Like that's that's what happened to Dean. That's what uh, happened to Benny at the end. Yeah. Oh no yeah. no no wait. Benny stayed behind in purgatory to help. No, because he, he got back out I, and like he, he was d- hanging out with like his granddaughter's restaurant or whatever. And then he went to, oh, yeah, but Dean had to kill Benny, right? Like Benny, like told him. Dean Dude. agrees and takes Benny's weapon in the real world, nearly kills himself with a broken bottle. However, Oh, this is a different episode. Um, I was I'm trying to look at the, <laughs> at the wiki. This is, this is the actually the episode that we're on right now. Um, I feel like there's something where he goes back. Anyway, this is dead air. So whatever. I'm not sure how it happens, but there's they go. Oh, they Benny goes back to purgatory when Sam is getting Bobby out. Because Dean Dean calls Benny and he's like, bro, I need you. I need your help getting my brother out of purgatory. So So he he kills. He cuts Benny's head off in like an alleyway behind a Chili's. Yeah, that's (laughs) 
<laughs> it's the worst kill. It's the worst then, death ever. Yeah. So yeah. I guess my, so. what I was going to say is like I, I feel <laughs> at the end of this conversation with like fake Benny and Dean, Dean like kills this dude as if to prove that he's not real, even though they've covered that ground. And I'm like, okay, like you had to like, and I'm sure that maybe this was done for a promo of like Dean kills Benny again, this time yeah, on screen yeah. or whatever. Like it just felt a little bit like over the top for me. Definitely. We didn't need it. We didn't need it. But I guess that's supposed to be the symbol of, of Dean defeating the illusion and then waking up. Yeah. Um, so then we cut back to Sam, like just bleeding out. Like now he's lost some energy. He's kind of like slumping forward a little bit, which we've seen him with blood stuff. We've seen him in this situation before. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's bleeding out into this bowl. And this is when, I mean, in my notes, I just wrote, started writing in all caps because I was like, oh my God, what a twist. Because Dean comes down and he's like, Sammy, he's shaking him like, like, holy shit, like, what are you doing? Like, like, wake up, snap out of it from behind. When they show the, the camera from Sam's angle, Rowena is standing behind him and she is like kind of like slunk against the wall. She's like just pressed against the wall as if like, oh, shit, Dean, oh, shit. And Dean wasn't reacting to her. And I was like, wait, what? And then they show the camera from like older over Dean's shoulder and there's nobody in the background. And then they show it back from Sam and Rowena's still pressed against the wall. And I was like, holy motherfucking shit. Rowena's not real. This was Sam's hallucination. Holy shit. And maybe that was obvious to some people, but neither of us saw that coming. Definitely whatsoever. not. Whatsoever. 100% even, even when Sam is literally cutting himself and in an episode about suicide, I didn't put it together for some reason until that very second with, oh my God, the spirit just, sorry, I just punched the mic. I'm so worked up. I, <laughs> oh my God, like the spirit used Rowena and used the circumstance that Sam is in to trick him into killing himself because he's clearly too determined and too like not interested in the consequences. <laughs> um, yeah. It's just spirit still wants to kill him. It's such a, it's such a well done trick box, rather. Yeah. It's, it's just a, it's just a huge trick. And like, even as it, it, just, as you said, like even as, as Rowena is like encouraging, like, Oh, they, they, you're not going to have enough. Like you're not going to have enough. You need to put in more. Like I was like, Oh yeah, that's, I mean, that's what Rowena would do. Like she's, she doesn't really give a shit about Sam. Um, but the, this whole twist of Rowena not actually being there, like it, it's it's so clever and so good, and I like it for just so many reasons. Of like, number one, Sam's version of Rowena is so accurate. Like he's only met her once, but like he he imagined her with a cloak, or he's met her a couple mm-hmm. of times, but he he imagined That's, her with he a cloak. He imagines her looking like Professor McGonagall, and I just perfect, I love it. perfect, hundred so, percent. And I was perfect. wondering, like, is that the tell? Have we seen Rowena wear anything other than like black or maybe red? I don't know because she's in this this just gorgeous blue cloak that like, maybe that's part of it. It's like, she wouldn't dress like that. Maybe that's too much for her. or That's not her style. But Sam imagines her as a professor at Hogwarts. So as a sexy professor at Hogwarts. So he, he conjured good. up this, this image of her while he was in the forbidden section, section of the library with Hermione. He starts thinking about, you know, Professor McGonagall and that's who appears before him. But man, it's such a subtle little thing, at least for me, that I was distracted by so many different things. I was distracted by Benny coming back and, purgatory stuff and i was distracted by the the sexual nature of what sam was doing and i was like oh shit is this why like i think people ship sandwich here you know is that what's going on um i was distracted by so many factors that i didn't see what was right in front of me and i just loved the twist supernatural does this sometimes the one that comes to mind first season two roadkill um, when Sam and Dean are driving, they almost hit that woman in the road. They go through the woods. They yeah. realize she's been a ghost I love, this whole time. I love that you pulled the name and season of that episode, and we could not. We literally could not remember how Benny died just now. Season one through five, I'm good. I'm I'm especially tight on the like season like one through three. I'm tight. Uh, after that, it gets a little hazy. 
I um the, the other thing here that I find fascinating is uh like Sam has obviously gone through a whole lot of mental torture in the course of the ten years that Supernatural has been on. He's been possessed by the devil. He has been you know he was he's been snookered by demons and made to drink demon blood. He went without his soul for a little while. He was possessed by an angel. Like that angel, like left shit in his brain. Like Castiel had to literally take in Sam's mental trauma as, as represented by the form of Lucifer into his own brain. And then we conveniently Mm -hmm. forgot about all of that plot. Um, But Castiel, like this spell that literally just makes people feel so bad about themselves that they have to kill themselves is so smart that it was like recognize Sam as like, we're going to have to, we're going to have to do a little bluff here. <laughs> we're going to have to do something else. We're going to have to pretend that you're somebody's encouraged to kill himself and then give him somebody to save him and then set him up to kill himself some more. Which makes me wonder, like just like what Benny was doing with Dean, like does Sam already walk around feeling that way all the time because yeah. of everything that he's gone through, but he just decides to completely block that out. So it's like, okay, we can't just guilt him into doing it because guilt won't work with this dude. This dude, he his his the shadow that he casts is far too long at this point for him to ever be dissuaded by guilt, right? Mm-hmm. So um they had to go they had to do a double brother bluff on him of some sort. Um <laughs> and it's and it's just like the fact that A it worked is great. And then B, like mm-hmm. they had to do it also great. And then C, I didn't even see it coming. Had no fucking clue. Like just no clue. Literally, like that entire scene. Uh, you talked about the camera angles. I wasn't really quick enough to pick up on that. I'm like looking at it and thinking that the camera angles are changing, but like maybe Dean just doesn't see Rowena because he's so focused That's, on I was like, Sam. He's about to freak out on Rowena, or is he still worried about Sam? Like, yeah, or or like is Rowena just like did she like cleverly back off and it's gonna like slip out the back door so that Dean can see Sam? I would have been into that too. Also would have been into that. Yeah, like. Like, like I put in our discord, like I kind of see the sandwich kind of situation. Like this seems yeah. kind of hot between the two of them. Like I hate to do that to my boy, Sam, but yeah, he seems to be into the blood stuff. Like <laughs> I know no kink Make shame. Sam a bad guy. I don't care. Just give him plot. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Let him do stuff, <laughs> which he did. Okay. So to come back to the scene, Dean, you know, realizing what, like what they need here. They talk. He, he adds his own blood to it. Um, cause he's also a legacy. So it's enough blood with the two of them. Sam doesn't have to freaking kill himself. Um, it's enough blood between the two of them to open the safe, to open the Werther box, and they're able to get the codex out. Um, I don't know, I don't remember what Sam, his excuse is for this book. He kind of plays dumb about the whole thing. Um, but, you know, after the fact, Dean destroys the box. We don't really see it happen, but, um, he, co- he comes, about, he walks out of the building with a sledgehammer. Right, <laughs> like, Sam's like, isn't that overkill, dude? <laughs> And Dean's like, nope, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> this um, shit almost killed all of us. Like, absolutely not. But Sam is like, yeah, well, we better just hang on to this book, I guess. Hang on to the codex. And he's drained and he's, you know, worn out. He's lost a lot of blood. Um, and in the car, Dean, again, being like extremely cool, chill. Um, he's like, hey, man, like, I'm sorry I went rogue with those vampires. Like, I shouldn't have done that. I get your point. I get what you're trying to prove to me by coming here. You know, we're way stronger together than we are apart. I should know that by now. It's the stuff that we always want the brothers to go or to say. Mm-hmm. And Sam's over here like, uh, yeah, no, that's that's legit, Dean. And I'm like, oh, Sammy, uh oh, Dean's giving us what we want. But now Sam is the one who's lying. He, the, Sam's the one who's being sneaky. You son of a bitch. Um, and we finish this. I, I like all of this, by the way. Like, I yeah, it's, you know, Sam lying to Dean. Um, I look, the, I don't like the boys actually lying to each other. Like it's not it's annoying, super yeah. fun, uh, but like they are, they are creating compelling drama between these two brothers right now. 
Sometimes um, it works. I, I actively dislike what Sam is doing right now. I feel like it's, I, I feel like it's a betrayal to his brother. Like they were, they were almost on the same team, if not on the same team for a while. And now like this is happening. And I realize he has to do this to save Dean because Dean won't save himself and all this other shit. But at the same time, like I actively hate it, which also kind of is a credit to the writing. <laughs> like I actively, mm-hmm. I, it doesn't necessarily feel out of character for Sam. It just, right. I, it I wish it, I wish Sam had better character than this. I don't, <laughs> I don't like it, but it's not, it doesn't feel like bullshit. Um, yeah. And I'm, again, I'm, I'm fine with them going down the dark routes with Sam. I know that the fandom hates him, and I know that everybody blames him for, uh-oh, Sam screwed this up again. Can't, I can't stand it. Um, I'm fine with him being that character, as long as they let him own it. As long as they, they are true to the character with it. I don't care what he does if they stay true to him, and they don't just flip-flop back and forth with some bullshit. Um, they, they go back and forth every season with certain things. So if they can stay true to him, even if he's doing something bad that we don't like, I can live with that. And this is creating compelling drama. I love seeing Sam and Rowena. I loved seeing Benny again. Um, but we're not, we're not done with the episode yet, because when that's all done, Sam goes to meet with the actual Rowena, and he gives her the codex, says, hey, translate this shit. She's like, well, you gotta go kill Crowley. And he's like, uh-uh, no, I'll do that after. And then immediately he handcuffs her with the, with the magic handcuffs, and then, like, chains her to the wall. Fucking A, Sammy. Um, he leaves her some like some easy Mac and a bottle of wine. And he's like, deal with this. I'm going. <laughs> and even if she's like, there's, there's no time for her to even really. She's like, what the fuck, dude? And he's just gone. He just walks out. I um I like Sam's coldness in this. And we saw a very similar thing when he shot Metatron a few episodes back when mm-hmm. they when they took away Metatron's grace and made him mortal. And he just very coldly and quickly shot Metatron in the leg. Like this feels like a a, a level of Sam that we haven't seen since Soulless Sam, right? Like this feels like a this is ruthless Sam, version of Sam that is willing to do anything to save his brother. Right. Season three in Mystery Spot. After we have all the fun, you know, montage of Dean deaths, then when it cuts to the six month later part where Sam has become this like ruthless person, like he's always edging closer and closer to that. Like whenever this, these situations crop up, it's like he's not that far from there. Like, where in, in that version of it, he ends up killing uh, an illusion of Bobby because he thinks it's an illusion. And then it turns out, you know, oh, it was really him, even though it is just part of one big, great illusion. Uh, it just shows, like, the things that he's willing to do and how he is able to turn himself off. He shuts off those emotions and he goes cold. He gets, he brushes up against what Sola Sam was like. Like, Sam used to be the compassionate one that didn't want to kill the monsters. And now he walks in, and maybe because of his hallucination he comes back into rowena just being like completely not interested in any of this shit he locks her up and he's like do this i'll be back goodbye yeah and what a, and what a hell of an ending like like mm-hmm. think about the way like the introducing using actual men of letters history as a way to access this otherwise thing that would be just like out of nowhere right like but like placing this within a history showing this 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 device that the middle letters created that literally created a case that Dean picked up on. Like that's the part of this that I love is that it fits into what the boys would do normally. Like they could have just lit, like if this chick died, if Susie had died and like another family had bought this house, they would have like, Oh, we have a case. Like every family yeah, that moves in this right. place, suicides, like it's fucking weird. Um, I, I love the way that they do that. I love that all of this stuff makes is, is just driving Sam to be colder and more ruthless in his effort to save Dean. And again, 
Like it feels like a speeding car where you just like the guy is just, he's just pedal to the metal and he's just ignoring all of the warning signs and something bad is going to happen at the, at the yep. end of this. Um, like I said, they're going to, they're, I, I feel like, you know, they're, they're going to do this spell and Dean's going to be free of the mark, but then it's going to open up some big dark portal and Sonic the Hedgehog, or I'm sorry, Shadow the Hedgehog is going to come through. Thank you. Uh, and he's going to, he's going to be really fast and use guns. And we're in, we're in fucking big doo doo when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun, is what I'm hearing. Is it's going to be a lot of fun? It's going to um, be a lot of fun. It's not. I, it's going to be a lot of fun. I like this episode a lot, Chris. Like I, I think this was a good one. Season good ten one. is remaining. Like I is maybe my favorite season after the first five. Like I, I would Same. have to. I would have to like really get into like I, I don't like doing season rankings in general, but I'd have to like really get into it to to figure that out. But like I'm really like we've had very few duds. Yeah, I've been down on this season, and I I do sometimes feel bad about how negative I can be about certain episodes, because I do really overall like season ten. But I'm you know I just getting into the weeds of certain things. Some certain things they just annoy me, and um, I'm a Sam fanboy, so I'm just like an idiot. Um, but yeah, season ten, especially these last two episodes, like really, really, really pulled me in. No surprise, considering that I've never seen them before. I hope that it's like this for me the rest of the way going forward, <laughs> because not knowing exactly. I mean, I have plenty of things spoiled, even, even the episode of uh, season 15 that just aired. Uh, I had that spoiled for me without I have everything muted on Twitter, but it, you just can't get away from it sometimes. Yeah. Um, so but you even all that said, I don't really know how things play out. So I'm hoping that the mystery will keep me really excited um, and I won't get like dragged down by, by some some crap. Because sometimes, you know, you see what's coming and you go, oh, I'm dreading this, this stupid plot point or whatever. Or I didn't like the way that this all pans out. So even when you're on the good parts, you still get kind of dragged down a little bit. Um, but now that I have no idea what's going on, anything could be good parts. I don't know. <laughs> anything could be good parts. The monster <laughs> of the week catchphrase. Yes. <laughs> well, thank all of you for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, it's I, we, we say it almost every episode, but thank you so much to everybody that's like writing in and commenting on stuff and sending us questions. We are getting close to the season finale, which means we're getting close to our feedback episode, which means if you have comments about the season, um, either season 10 or the previous seasons, any of our coverage of season 10 or really kind of anything, um, you can send that to monsterweek.cool slash contact or just DM us on Twitter and we will read your responses on the feedback episode. Um, thank you yes. to all of our patrons over at patreon.com slash monster of the week. Again, they, they donate some dollars to us and get various benefits in return. All of those are listed out at patreon.com slash monster of the week. So thank you to each and every one of you. You're so incredibly nice and we really, really appreciate it. Yes. Um, we'll be back next week. Uh, in the meantime, you can talk to me on Twitter at JG Greer. Chris, you are at local bones the podcast is at motw cast you can find links to all of that and our merch and our patreon and everything else about us uh at monster of the week cool next week's episode claire novak returns oh hmm okay <laughs> good night everybody good night stop saying goodnight since i usually release these in the morning should we say like enjoy your day everybody it's not important (laughs) it's not important good episode my man yeah that was a lot lot of fun um
God, it's good to have a good episode of Supernatural. God, it feels good. (laughs) (laughs) Finally. Finally a good episode of Supernatural. Jeremy, Jeremy, Jeremy. Chris, Chris, Chris. If only you knew you were just a pawn in my game. And that's that's my Joker's trick. <laughs> we live Joker. in a society. <laughs> we live in a society. Where I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I have to lock it lock the channel after uh a guy in a Joker costume literally um facilitating the birth of a child and holding a newborn baby in his hands dresses the yeah. joker he didn't even the bother watching his like, face man he was like no no no, i don't have enough time just hand the baby's me that gonna have the worst fucking life <laughs> let me get let me get in that vagina i i don't have enough yeah. time to wash my face or hands mm-hmm. i need to get in there imagine having to look at that that's my joker's trick the the comments in facebook was were all something like uh i hope the mom was knocked out <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I hope she died in childbirth. Um, that's fucked up. Shouldn't joke Autumn's, about that. Autumn literally said, "I wouldn't even want the baby anymore." Yeah, no, that's you can have it. Is this like a Rumpelstiltskin situation? You could just have it. You can have the baby. I do not need the baby anymore. It's too much. It's um, too much, Joker. Go yeah, away. It's too much. We created a channel in the Discord for those who are wondering what the fuck are you two talking about. Although, if you're on episode 150. You're probably, you're done asking that question. You're no longer worried. Why even bother? (laughs) If you're listening to the outtakes on episode 150 of Monsters of the Week, you just like, yeah, no, okay, this checks out. First, we, we, Jeremy and I, were joking back and forth privately about some, um, some Joker memes. We have, I don't think, you haven't seen the Joker, right? No, not at all. (laughs) No, so, but I think, maybe we talked about this a little bit last week, where when I was in high school and the the Joker, like Heath Ledger's Joker was like this thing. And everybody was way too into it. Well, that's all just resurfaced, except now all these dudes are 30 and they have like just the same feelings about about the Joker, which is fine. I'm sure the movie's fine. I'm sure liking it is totally fine. I'd probably like it if I saw it. I don't know. Um, but Joker fandoms a whole lot. And so we would joke back and forth to each other about it. And then, I don't know, Jeremy just created a, an entire channel for it in our Discord so we could post uh, memes and funny pictures and stuff. And everybody has just been confused from minute one with that, but um, it's fine. It's fine. My, um, it's reached its 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 climax. It's Halloween night, Jeremy. It's it's Halloween night. I think this will be the like we're recording this on Halloween. Um, I think we this always will probably do. Be the last time that we that we um have this channel. The channel will be live. I might like just I, I need to figure out how I can lock it and just have it be there so people can look at it, but not actually post yeah. it anymore. Except for people me, can I, just I remember. Yeah. Honestly, I need to need to make it so that I can have a place to put my Joker yeah. names. Um, yes. but I changed my, um, my name today to Joker's Rick, <laughs> which I think was mm-hmm. a terrible, terrible, horrible joke. And then somebody in the discord, I think it was Niz was like, what, what, what happened to your name? And I was like, oh, things got weird in hashtag. We live in a society, which is of course what we named the Joker channel. <laughs> and she said, I muted that faster than I have ever muted anything. <laughs> <laughs> So, patreon.com slash monster of the week if you just want to put up with this kind of tomfoolery mm-hmm. all day. Mm-hmm. I think people are slowly turning against us, to be honest. <laughs> people are so over our bullshit. It's just because, like, how much, how many times, like, can you and I personally talk about, I don't know, like, 
Jared or Jensen, right? Like, there's a limit to how much we're ever going to get out of that. So, like, we got to just go, we got to go full full Joker, you know? <laughs> Let's like, start we, do, a- we already do a podcast talking about Supernatural. So, when we're on the Discord, which is, yes, there's tons of Supernatural discussion on there, which is great. But, like, you and I, we, we got to save it for the podcast. That's the number one rule of doing a podcast is save it for the podcast. <laughs> Chris, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna hit you some uh, save it for the podcast action for some memes that I've been holding back from the ju- okay. from the, from the okay. we live in a society. Let me get a load of this. Yeah, so just um, just check your phone and see 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 them too. Okay, great. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, is, is that real? Is that real? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's so hard to tell. It's a picture of Jensen, and he's got he's got a, he's showing his T-shirt off, and it's it's the the Joker's face. <laughs> It could be real. <laughs> what about the, What about that second one though? That second one is a really good drawing. <laughs> it looks like it's done in charcoal of the Joker. Is this is this this from when he's in the uh, hospital dressed up as the nurse? Oh, I really thought that was supposed to be Sam Winchester. <laughs> oh my god, stop it! It could be. It fucking could be. Right? Did you see that video that was going around on Twitter recently? And it was this was from The Dark Knight from years ago, um, where. The Joker, Heath Ledger as the Joker, goes into the hospital to visit Harvey Dent after he's been had his face burned, so he's Two Face, <laughs> mm-hmm. and like he's fully the Joker. Walks up to him, uh, like you know Heath Ledger just dressed in like a girl's nurse's outfit, but then it's not until he speaks or like says something that Harvey Dent realizes, that yeah, it's <laughs> the Joker, despite it. 100 percent being the joker it really made me want to go back and watch that movie to see like yeah. do people just not realize that dude is in full-on makeup 24 7 like is yeah. it just the is it just like a weird like my they're eyes can't distracted. possibly see this situation in yeah front of they're me? so distracted by the the mouth sounds that he's making that it's you know Heath Ledger did a phenomenal job in that role he really really did yeah, but absolutely. it's just so much when you take it out of context and when you put it on every teenager's like uh myspace profile or on their their dorm room walls with the posters everywhere like on their twitter profiles it just becomes a whole a beast of its own a joker's trick if you will i had a i had a, an intense experience today where i went to lunch at a spot um that was apparently hosting a ladies halloween contest oh um and when I say that I was the only dude in that restaurant that wasn't working for the <laughs> restaurant, there was one other guy um, who was either either he was he was dressing himself as a motorcycle guy by t- having one Harley shirt on, or he just owned a Harley. Okay. <laughs> but but his okay. his wife, girlfriend, partner was in like crazy ass Wicked Witch of the West like Ooh. costume. Like she was, she went for it. But that was the only other dude in the place. Um, there were and you were were you with Autumn? Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. But she it, wasn't in costume. No, not at all, not at all. Like we, so, you guys just stumbled upon. This. We had no idea. We just went to lunch. We just know on Thursdays they've got a good meatloaf. Like that was the reason that we went to this place. <laughs> and, and then walk in, and it was weird because like we always sit at the bar to eat or whatever, and like there were two bartenders, and it's a Thursday afternoon. Like it's there's nobody. Like it's like we're just like was it weird that they have two bartenders and like one of them is dressed up, which is fine. Um. The other guy wasn't, which I appreciated. I'm I'm really anti costume today, and I, I don't know why. I'm anti Halloween costume, but um, but the, yeah, then like women <laughs> started just <laughs> swarming the place. There was a, uh, I think the best costume I saw was a middle aged woman who had a just a completely respectable Harry Potter outfit going, uh, okay. sh- like yeah. short hair, don't care, glasses, lightning scar, the the robes, everything looked super dope. Um, Nothing but respect for the boy who lived. There was a uh, there was a Tinkerbell, 
and a mm-hmm. Mary Poppins combo that had both leaned into the slutty aspect of these mm. two characters. Mm. I didn't see the t-shirt that Tinkerbell was wearing. The Mary Poppins t- shirt uh, said Mary Poppins bottles. <laughs> and of course it was like <laughs> tight leotards and like super shiny pants and all that other bullshit. So uh, I, I did not see what the Tinkerbell shirt said though. So I was super curious about that. That's unfortunate. That's there were probably unfair. 10 women that all came dressed as uh, what I thought were mimes. Okay. Uh, Cause they had like black and white striped shirts on. A lot of them did, but apparently it was some sort of like bank robbery thing. Huh. Because some of okay. them had like mask and like a couple of super soakers. One oh, was, it was like a Joker's trick. One was dressed up at like had the full like furry bear outfit on, and I'm like, okay. that's just it's like I know it's Louisiana, and like literally, it just like this is the first day it ever got cold in Louisiana in 2019, right? Like we dropped. Dude, it's 40, so fucking hot here today. It's ridiculous. We, it was 80 degrees yesterday. It was 40 degrees when I woke up this morning. We dropped 40 it was like degrees the overnight. <laughs> we took it was like all 40. of your cold. Yeah, yesterday it was 40, today it's 70, which is, you know, it's better than 80, but it's so humid. Again, like, what are we, like, eight minutes into this recording, and I swear to God, swear I got to sweaty God. titties. Swear to God. Swear, swear to God. God. Also, a quick aside Uh-oh. for just Jeremy and Chris for not for the podcast. I posted... Does this mean the, cut this out? Because I need to make a marker. Out. Okay. Cut, cut this out. Um, I don't know why, but cut it out anyway, just because I don't actually want to get anybody in trouble if this is real. Fucking weird, dude. Uh, so, t- Jeremy, I know that it's all Hollow's Eve. It is, yes. Spooky but, time. But, forget that. This is coming out the day before my birthday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this this is... <laughs> hey, are we going to be releasing you've done the podcast some, on your birthday? Does you, that work out? You've done, no? you've done some research, if you know this. No, we're releasing a podcast bef- uh, the day before your birthday and the day after my birthday. Gotcha. 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 Um... Yeah, it's Scorpio season, in case y'all didn't already know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I, we need to tell them, but if you want to tell them, we, we can let them know that it's just, it's over for you. It's over for y'all. It's over just, just so you know. for all y'all. It's over for all y'all. All anyway, y'all. I w- what I was going to ask you was, have you, been, have you been getting your game on, my fellow gamer? I, um, so when is the last time that we recorded this podcast? It's been since this week. It feels weekend. like a long time ago. It feels ago. like it was a long time I came time into ago. this room and I was like, oh, this is what this room looks like. <laughs> I think it's been a while since I've been in here. <laughs> I need to dust. Um, yeah, I need to dust. I, I think the last time we talked, you told me that Outer Worlds was a uh, a shorter, a little bit more linear version of yes. like the open world RPG thing. And I was like, well, I have it for free via this Game Pass thing that I paid basically nothing for. So I downloaded it. Um, so I started playing that. And I spent the weekend playing that. I finished the, and I think the way that the the game is going to work out, and I, I can't confirm this. And I know like people have played this for two weeks, so like just apologies in advance if I get any of this shit wrong. But like yeah. the first area is like a self-contained area. It seemed like there were a set amount of quests that I could find. I could talk to a bunch of people. I could make a bunch of quest decisions. And then it was like, okay, it's time to leave. And then I go up to my ship and I could like pick a different area to go to. And like people were giving me quests to go to specific places and all this other stuff. So I'm thinking like, oh, so like all of these are going to be, it's kind of like a, like, this is going to be my hub. And then I'm going to go to these areas and that like, I'm going to have a bunch of shit to do in this one area. And then I'm going to leave that area once I'm done to go to another place, um, which I am super excited for. I'm super here for that mm-hmm. kind of format. I'm super, super great for it. Uh, that game is, is really, really fun. I, um, uh, I don't want to spoil anything. Um, but I will say, if um 
how is it, what's the best way to say this? Okay. So there's a major decision that you have to make at the very, like, that's your first big, huge quest, right? You have mm-hmm. to decide between a, a settlement, uh, like a corporate settlement, like a corporate town, or like this settlement of people who have thrown the shackles of corporate workitude off and are making their own way. And you have to decide like who to give power to. Um, uh-huh. and who, which basically means like who is going to survive in this shitbag planet that they're all on. And like the obvious thing I think that everybody sees is like, Oh, you gotta, you gotta take power away from the corporate people. And I was super set on that until, uh, my, my companion, my like AI companion, as I walk up to the thing to interact, to do that was like, Hey, yo, Gene gray. Cause I, built my character around Jean Grey, uh-huh. not realizing I would never be actually see the, because it's first person, you never <laughs> see your character. Um, yeah. It's just really, it's every like 10 minutes or so, somebody calls me ma'am and I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> okay, cool, <Yeah>. whatever. <laughs> oh. um, but she's like, hey, Jean Grey, have you thought about, and like gives this like kind of reasonable, well thought out, articulate like pitch for me to do the opposite of what I was going to do. And I listened to it and I was like, yeah, actually, you're right. Let me do this opposite thing that I was going to do from what I was going to do before. And I did it. And like talking to people in our discord, the way my shit worked out was apparently like the good way to do it. Like the thing, the, huh. the things that worked out from there, which was like not kind of an obvious thing to do, but like the things that happened after that were super cool and interesting. So yeah, dude, I, I'm, I'm super here for it. And then I went to a different world. Like I got into my, my ship for the first time. And I was like, yeah, I've got all this stuff to do. I've got this new quest. And then I went to like an area and um, apparently it's a like circus ship that was carrying a bunch of like super high powered monsters that crashed on an asteroid or something <laughs> like a half terraformed moon or some shit. And like, I just, I immediately got murdered by everybody. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. And yeah. then that's the last time I've been able to play it. Then I had to, I had to like work bullshit to go and now it's Halloween. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. yeah, so Right on. I think I'm definitely going to check it out at some point. It wasn't on my radar in the slightest until people started talking about it. It's um, um like you like those Fallout games, right? Yeah, I uh, I like Fallout. I think I liked yeah, I liked Fallout Three a lot. Um, everyone says this is like New Vegas, and a lot of people say that New Vegas was the best Fallout, the one that wasn't made by Bethesda. Um, and obviously, I haven't played Fallout One or Two. I'm I'm a newbie. I haven't. Like, I'm not. I'm not hardcore with that. Um, but as far as the new Fallout's go, everyone says New Vegas is the best because of the RPG elements. Now, I wasn't able to play New Vegas because it bugged out too hard on me. I lost my save. It was a whole thing. Um, but what this game, Outer Worlds, is offering definitely has me intrigued in a way that I had certainly hadn't been before. But um, yeah, I'll pr- probably pick it up when it's a little bit cheaper. I know it's on Game Pass, but like my Xbox is not plugged in. And it's just like, I don't, I don't really use my Xbox. Um, so yeah, I'll pick it up in the future. But um, you, it would, I got to start playing some... <laughs> some non-Japanese games as I discovered recently looking at I, I, I've been keeping a list for the last few years every time I beat a game just because I, I like to make lists I guess um and like seriously like 80 to 90 percent of them are Japanese games not just JRPGs but just games made in Japan so I was like oh I guess I have a very specific taste huh um that being said, as you know Jeremy I've been playing Trails of Cold Steel too yes a um, lot of Trails of I'm Cold playing Steel playing it a too. lot the third one just came out and um, obviously, I've talked about this over the last couple of years, probably, because back in 2016, I started the first one, played that into 2017, maybe. I don't know, because they're really long games. So I would just pick it up, put it down, um, went back, played some of the prequel games, Trails in the Sky. They were, I mean, they were made first. They're not prequels. They're just the what comes before. Um, and then 
Trails of Cold Steel 1 and 2 were remastered for PS4 this year, so I replayed 1, put like over 100 hours into it, started 2, got distracted, finally came back right before 3 came out so I could get into it. Anyway, all that said, I reached what felt like the end of the third act, the end of the movie, the end of the story for Trails of Cold Steel 2. And I was about at like the 55-hour mark. And so I'm thinking, okay, I've got about 5 to 10 hours because I know this game. I know the series. I know the pacing is always way out of whack. Like I, after beating this game, especially of like this solidified, this is my favorite JRPG series outside of like maybe Final Fantasy, I guess. Um, I love it to death. I love the characters. I love everything about it. But the pacing is, is it's the thing. The pacing is real weird and it's really slow and you have to be very invested. And I got to that, to the point where it felt like this is the end. And in fact, like I solved the plot, like, what has been driving the story forward, that's over now. We took care of it. The quote-unquote final boss has been defeated. And then there was just like 20 more hours of game. So for like <laughs> like Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, like finally like pushing through so I, could, so I could beat this game. And, you know, I loved every second of it, but there was that nagging frustration of like, okay, I want to be done with this. I want to be done with this. So Jess was like, don't do this. Like, remind yourself, like, you're not going to enjoy it. If you're just rushing through trying to finish sure, it, I was like, you're yeah. right, Jess. You're right. So I did try to slow it down a little bit. I skipped a side quest at the end. I done every side quest in the game up until then. Um, but yeah, I so last night I finally got to the final dungeon. I did it all. It took like an hour to do the whole dungeon, maybe an hour and a half, a little bit more than that. Um, and then I got to the final boss, died twice. No big deal. I was like, I'm just getting I'm just getting to feel for it. Like the first attempt was like five minutes, maybe ten minutes, so I spent, you know, 15, 20 minutes just, just testing the waters. And then I got into the real deal boss fight where I'd figured out what my strategy was going to be, figured out some techniques to help me, you know, get through it. And okay, wait, I spent so almost... Before you get into the, the, the finale of this, mm-hmm. I'm very mm-hmm. curious because, like, is it just typical JRPG combat? Like, is, are we just straight, like, turn-based action with status effects, yeah, there, items to use, a, spells, that kind of thing? Yes, it's a turn-based battle system um, that uses uh, positioning, because like, you'll move around on the map. Um, it uses positioning, it uses turn order, and like, yeah, there's, I honestly, I think it is a, like a really active version of what you would expect, expect out of a turn-based system. Like, you aren't like, controlling like, your movement as you run around, but it just feels, it feels very responsive, and it's genuinely one of the best parts of the game, is the combat, the, the, the turn-based combat feels so active and alive especially at the high level right when you're um you figured out your your stats and and your skills and you've unlocked everything so now you know what you're doing and you have a lot at your disposal that's what i i genuinely really love the uh the gameplay here so i you know dying those first two times to the boss like i wasn't mad because that's part of it it's figuring out the puzzle right and um freaking figuring out the strategy i figured it out it was still like by the skin of my teeth um constantly having like three out of the four people in my party be dead and then having to resurrect them quickly before I died and you know lots of near misses and like at like the 45 minute mark something like that the boss I you know hits a, a low point with its HP and it just starts rampaging and it casts instant death spells on like one at a time um it's like I said it's all about turn order so it was just skipping all my turns it, it was the the boss was able to go ahead of me and it would cast instant death spells and he did one two three and I was like fuck so three of my characters died and then it's his turn again, and he casts it once more, and it hit my final character, and it just, it didn't kill her. I was like, okay, all right, now I'll have her resurrect somebody. But I never got another chance to do anything. The boss just completely, it, 
stayed on its rampage. It stayed casting its instant death spell over and over and over. It spammed it ad nauseum. Like, it, it just would not stop. And I don't know how I would have beaten it. I have no idea how you overcome that unless you go into the battle having already equipped, you know, uh, an item that will resist the status effect or whatever or the instant death thing. I have no idea what the strategy would be to defeat it because every time he cast it on this one character, she automatically dodged. It just wouldn't hit her for whatever reason. And when your character dodges, they will counterattack. And so she would counterattack every time that it missed for 4,000 damage. And the boss had like 250,000 health left. So it was just this, I literally, I could have put the controller down and just watched as this slowly happened, where I slowly, finally was victorious and was able to beat the boss. So you literally, just to, just to make sure I understand, the boss mm-hmm. killed everybody in your party except for this one character that you don't have direct control over. And then every time the boss tried to kill that character, that character would counterattack for a small amount of damage compared to the boss's total mm-hmm. HP pool. And then the boss would then try to kill that character. The character would avoid it and then counterattack. And so you literally yep. were at this point watching like the world's dullest cutscene of like yep. how to kill a boss. And if, you know, if her turn had ever come up, I would have been able to control her. But be- the- I just never got a turn. The boss just kept. For whatever reason, at this stage in the boss fight, there's got to be some strategy where you either get it down to a certain amount of health and then you have to, like, be prepared to destroy it. Like, you have to, like, unleash all your ultimate attacks right then and there, otherwise you're going to die. Or, I don't know, you just have, I have no no idea because she never got a turn to attack other than doing her counterattacks. It was insane. Um, And every few moves, I could do a um, special attack because you can use special attacks that interrupt battle. so I could do that, but it did like 10,000 damage. So it didn't, it really didn't speed things up very much. <laughs> but well, hey, uh, that's two extra attacks from the other two, from the yeah, other person, right? Yeah. yeah. But it, um, it eventually, eventually won. And then like all the characters, like, I don't want to spoil it, but it's been, it was an emotional journey, obviously for the characters in this game. And then realizing now that I've spent hundreds of hours with them because I played the first game twice and I've now put almost a hundred hours into the second game. Um, it was, I was like, oh man, yeah, this is like, I'm, I would be really sad if I didn't have the third game to play immediately after this, which I did start last night. I, you know, I, I waited like two hours and then I put it on to the intro to it. Um, and I'm going to play that until next Friday when Death Stranding comes out and then I'll, I'll take a little break with that game. Where, uh, wh- where are you at on, on Death Stranding right now? Because I have... I have swung wildly between these games. You you know my history with with Kojima. It's it's not mm-hmm. like a very strong history. I'm not a huge Metal Gear Solid fan. Like I didn't like really bond with those games. I played a lot of MGSV um and hated all of what Kojima fans seem to love <laughs> about that game like the intro mm-hmm. or anytime like Snake talked. <laughs> like I was kind of not yeah. into it. Um but the gameplay was so good and so solid like I just no pun intended but the gameplay was so great that I just like I, I played 100 hours of that game. Um watching Death Stranding stuff like I've been so curious because it seems so weird and they he's putting like it started with fucking Mads Mikkelsen and um Norman Reedus, Norman Reedus and now we're like down to Conan <laughs> and right. and Jeff Keighley which like mm-hmm. for the non gamers out there is like I don't know the who is that guy that used to run um the soup on the E like that dude right like Joel what's the, the community guy right Joel yeah. whatever like it's that guy but for video games like he's just he's just a tan 
short-haired area that will t- say anything out of his <laughs> mouth that you pay him to. And, and you can just yeah. give him a Dorito and he will say a thing. It's really easy. Yeah. Like that dude is in this game and like, it gets so weird and so overhyped and I, I kind of stopped paying attention to it, but I'm still like really fucking curious, like what it even is. So yeah, when it was first announced, I was intrigued because I mean, it was coming right off of us knowing that silent Hills had been canceled. So I was thinking, okay, this, Kojima is going to do the horror thing that he couldn't do at Konami. He's going to do it by himself now. It'll be like that. It won't be called Silent Hills, but it'll be spiritually similar. And that's not at all what it was. So I went from like being really interested to being like, Ugh, I don't, what do I care? Like, what is this nonsense with Norman Reedus? Like, I don't play as Norman Reedus in a video game. I don't like The Walking Dead. Like, what is, what is this? So I, I kind of wasn't in- interested, but I knew it would be something because it's Kojima and he whatever good or bad whatever it is it's going to be it's going to be intense it's going to be interesting right um so yeah i i mostly which is weird you you went through a phase where you like really hyped about it and you're really interested in it and at that time i was like yeah i don't know like i don't i don't think i care that much but as we've been getting closer and as i realize that this is one of the few games in the year of our lord 2019 that was never publicly delayed in any way right like Kojima started this studio three or four years ago, like recruited everybody that he wanted to recruit, like literally set up his business, set up his game studio. And then within that time span has created a video game, which is actually a pretty extreme like turnaround. Like we all kept joking, like, okay, when is he actually going to make the game though? He keeps showing us cutscenes, Like when's he going to make the game? Um, and I don't know the closer we get to it. Yeah. The more excited I'm getting, um, because two weeks ago I would have said, yeah, I don't give a shit. I'm not interested. Like I'll play it because like it's going to be a, a big thing, but I don't really care. And now I find myself a lot more excited to actually just get my hands on it and see what the hell it's going to be. Because from like the early leaked <laughs> opinions on it, people seem to be digging it. Um, but really, only time will tell. It'll be it'll be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be really weird. And I'm not like I'm just started outer worlds i'm really enjoying that i'm kind of curious where this is going to go and uh, i'm in the middle of search too and i'm like i'm probably not going to just stop playing that like i'm going to go back to that at some point so i am definitely not going to pick this up in like a week or whatever when it comes out like it's just Mm -hmm. i'm just not going to do it and it's going to be excruciating like watching all of this weird shit that people post on twitter about this game that i have not paid attention to or anything so it's going to be really weird like it's going to be i'm going to be real curious if like the internet puts me off of the game in a way that mm-hmm. like if I just bought it and played it and not paid attention to the internet, otherwise I wouldn't have like, that's the, that's the weird yeah. like video game world that we live in sometimes. That's what happens to me all the time. People talk about something too much. If I listened to something the other day where they talked about the new star Wars game, which I previously had no interest in, but it was like a footnote on the end of a different conversation. And a few of the things I heard, um, I was like, Oh, that sounds excellent. I want to play that. But if I had listened to an entire you know, review conversation about it. I might go, ah, oh, fuck, oh, fuck this. I don't, I don't play that game. Um, because sometimes, yeah, the 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 discourse can really, really put you off. Even if everybody's talking about how much they love something, the way that people talk about stuff can sometimes just be really, really grating. Um, especially if it's like you know you're not planning to play it, but everybody talking about it and it being like forced into your brain can really make you resent something. It happens to me all the time, and you know it's nobody's fault. That's just the way that it is. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I hope it's good. I hope people enjoy it. I hope it isn't a burden, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, I hope it doesn't just become this thing where people just, like, jack themselves off, like, like talking about it. Like, oh, my opinion. Oh, my God, my opinion. Um, but that's going to happen. 
So we'll we'll see what it's we'll see what happens. Yeah, I know my uh my buddy Gary just like because of the things that people were saying about Outer Worlds, he was just like, this is a game and a genre that I love, even if it's like a like a cut below what I'm what I really want these games to be. Like I still I have to play it. I can't just watch people play this around me. Like I'm just mm-hmm. going to put it at the top of my list where I wasn't expecting it to. And I feel like for a lot of people, like Death Stranding is that. Like I exactly. people are so yeah. excited to play it or to find out about whatever it is that they're just going to immediately play it so that they can like be a part of that conversation. And like as somebody who is definitely not going to do that, <laughs> like I just, just I just look at that and I'm like, oh, wow, that's just that's way more people for me to like try to mute on Twitter, which is going to be impossible because it's going to be like completely out of context gifts that people are making for this bullshit. So, yep, yep. Um, but yeah, so we'll see. I'll let you know next week or the week after when we record. Yeah, I'm actually I'm, I'm excited to get your opinion on it more than just about anybody else's. So, yeah. Um, we just got a, a, uh, discord notification. I just briefly read the preview of that as it popped up on my screen. Uh-oh. Oh yeah. No we problem. We can do a podcast when you're good. Yeah. That's fine. We don't, we don't give a shit. Life is meaningless. It's fine. <laughs> uh, you ready to get that, that, uh, big Sam war energy? I am, dude. dude. I'm super okay. excited about this episode. All right, let's do it. Also, okay, cut. The guy just responded to me because I'm asking the Discord to search to see if there's an anagram or something at the uh, um, <laughs> point. Because the way that it's phrased, it's really weird. And I'm like, okay, wait, that's a clue. That's a clue. I was about to make a joke about Sam looking at clues, and then I was like, wait a second. I wonder, <laughs> we have our own mystery to solve. <laughs> I wonder if there's someone in the replies is like the first letter. See S C T S N. I I think I feel like I feel like we're being trolled. I'll be real with you, but yeah, absolutely, yeah. Like this is, but but also like they know what this is, what this is going to make people think, and people, you know, gamers and their wrath. <laughs> you got to be careful. <laughs> uh, there's one like fairly popular account that I see all the time. That's like we are remaking every game ever. Yeah. They did say somebody from the studio said, like, oh, we'd love to remake Legend of Dragoon. And um, that's a Sony thing. They've worked with Sony games before. I don't know why they'd remake that game, to be honest. But um, the, the, the main character's name is Dart. And they mentioned that word on there. So that's they're like they're they're fucking with us. They fuck them. Yeah, they're I mean, at this point, like they're just having a good time, which I don't blame them for. Okay. I don't. So. Yeah. Um, sorry for making a ton of noise. I just readjusted my. See, I'll probably have to do it again at some point, but um, just try, you know, I'm just trying to stand a comfy lifestyle, you know what I'm saying? I do. I do. I know very um, well. How do, do I sound like I'm too far away? Because I'm no, fully leaning against my wall, which is not the closest you, you, to my you mic. You sound totally fine. Excellent. I'll yell if you need me to. Just, yeah. just... Oh, believe me, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. Um almost seven o'clock kill me all right let's do this
Thank you.